With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Now here's Nick Coffee. Don't forget, tonight we will have the Louisville basketball postgame show as soon as uh, Louisville and Duke, when that one ends, 7 o'clock tip, ACC Network. A little surprised. Uh, I could be totally off here, but I'm seeing that uh, the the crew that we're going to get tonight is uh, Reese Davis and John Crispin. I feel like Reese Davis, I mean, does he do many ACC Network games? I mean, I know they're... They're using as many guys as, I mean, over the years, ESPN gets more and more thin, it seems, with, with analysts and play-by-play folks. And, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like Reese Davis doing an ACC Network game is, is not normal. But, again, maybe I'm, maybe I'm way off. But, um, yeah, Louisville right now, let me just see if there's been any change here in regards to the spread. I would imagine there is not. You don't see as much um, – Movement, I feel like as you get closer to tip off in in basketball as you do football, at least not that I've noticed. But yeah, Louisville fourteen point dogs tonight. That's exactly the um, the projected score for Ken Palm. Which if you missed it in the four o'clock hour, I mean, I'll probably still reference Ken Palm from time to time. But it, it's been quite clear that it's not what it once was, and it makes me sad. But anyways, Louisville basketball tonight, seven o'clock tip. Post game show will start as soon as it ends, and uh, I'm curious if there's going to be. A new uh, a new talking point that we weren't expected. I mean, there's always some things that we can react to that you know you couldn't react to them until they happen. But I'm talking about like maybe something that you didn't expect, and that leads to what a lot of people have texted in so far today, asking, "Do you think he starts Zan Payne again?" And I mean, could you be surprised if he does? I mean, there's been some criticism of it, but I'm not convinced Kenny is aware of that or cares. So, I mean, I don't know who's going to start, but it wouldn't shock me if, in fact, it is it is Zan Payne. And how many minutes he plays, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, I, would, I mean, if he's going to start him against Wake Forest on the road, why would he not start him against Duke at home? I mean, Duke's a better team in the eyes of most. But, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he does. And I'm sure some people will say once again that it's malpractice and, you know, it's something that uh, – is so inexcusable and so, you know, unnecessary that maybe he is trolling us. Maybe it could be, you know, something Josh Hurd could bring up, not to maybe get rid of him with cause, but just kind of say, like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> because it's one thing to start any walk-on, right? But to, for the walk-on to be your son, and I talked about this earlier when I was on with Tony and Dave on HAS, the, I mean... Zan played more minutes in one game against Wake Forest than he played in his entire three years as a walk-on at Kentucky. And I'm aware that Louisville has injuries and, you know, he's 
that's a part of why he's at least been getting any minutes. But it's one thing to just be a guy that you throw in so somebody can get a break. It's another thing to start. I mean, that's that is you saying you've put a lineup on the floor that you thinks gives you think gives your team the best chance to win, and you think that your son, who is not a Division One athlete, is is a part of that equation that makes you, you know, at your best. I would guess. Now, again, Kenny has, in my opinion, done a lot to where it doesn't even really seem like he's aware that winning is, in fact, the uh, the ultimate goal. And I guess starting his son and playing him as many minutes as he did is another reminder that he doesn't seem to really care or even believe that winning is 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 part of why he was hired. It's, I mean, last I checked, there's a lot that comes with it, but the ultimate evaluation is winning and losing. And he doesn't, he doesn't win, and he doesn't seem to care about winning and losing, especially when you look at, you know, his <laughs> the things he has said and the smile and whatnot that we see. I mean, we'll probably, you know, we're going to get the smile tonight, right? That's, they should put that up on uh, one of these sports books, right? Will Kenny Payne smile in the handshake line? Will we get the patented smirk? I don't know if he has a relationship with, uh, I don't know if he has a relationship with, with John Shire or not, but I want to throw something out there that is, I want to be careful because I know this is one of those things that will get back to, to some people and they'll accuse me of, you know, creating drama. And I'm not doing that. I'm just giving you an honest observation, something that um, I wouldn't be shocked by tonight. And that is that if Duke tries to run up the score and make a statement, which can you make a statement against Louisville? Like if you beat Louisville really bad, I feel like most people are going to say, well, that's kind of what you should do. It's Louisville. And I don't know the the specifics when it comes to the dynamic between Nolan Smith and the current Duke staff, but Nolan at times has taken some vague shots on social media at what appears to be Shire and Duke. Um, And I don't know if we ever got full uh, confirmation as far as who he was talking to, but it was either Calipari or Shire or maybe both. But during draft night, Nolan tweeted out something along the lines of, you know, you shouldn't be there on draft night. You're only there to, like, take away the attention from your players. You should let them have a moment, that kind of thing, which, I mean, if that's his opinion, that's his opinion, although it's pretty common that coaches are going to be with their players as they get drafted, especially if they're in the green room. I don't think it's uncommon. I mean, maybe there is something there. Hey, it'll be good to be seen, right, because I'm a guy that coached and helped develop a guy that's going to get his name called in the first, you know, 20 picks of the draft or something. And all, but even if there is some real benefit there, I would imagine that if the player and the coach have a good relationship, it's kind of just the standard that your coach would be there with you on draft night. So he didn't specify who he was talking about, but the timing of it, I think there was a Duke player and a Kentucky player getting drafted. So I don't know if 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 Duke would keep that in mind to like not take it easy on Nolan. I don't. I mean, I, I can't imagine Nolan Smith and John Shire aren't friends. But then again, there's rumors that maybe their friendship isn't that strong for whatever reason. I don't know. But, I mean, they played together at Duke. But one thing that if you if you follow Duke reporting, which I don't know why you would unless, of course, you know, you're a Duke fan, those that are the writers, the recruiting folks for the 24-7 sports site, the On3 sports site that cover Duke, you know, they, they, they were reporting it pretty, pretty frequently early on in Kenny's tenure that Louisville, meaning Nolan, I guess, was, was – 
telling everybody they're going to flip these Duke players. Not only are they going to get some of these commitments that have committed to Duke to flip to Louisville, but like they're going to infiltrate the roster and like get guys that have already played for Duke to transfer and play for Nolan because Nolan was a guy who recruited him. So, you know, it, who knows what is true and what is not. I'm of, I'm of the belief there is at least some level of maybe some 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 heat between the two of them. Nolan and and you know maybe not Shire but something. So, I'm just putting it out there. I wouldn't be shocked if you see maybe Duke try to 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 make a statement because that was, I mean, I don't know if anybody really ever believed it, but it got out there by at least one person that Louisville was, you know, in play for like all of Duke's signees. And, you know, they weren't. They didn't get any of them. In fact, the one guy that did become available didn't even visit Louisville. He ended up going to play for Mike Woodson. So, you know, I know Duke's aware of that, but I'll put it this way. Duke is a – they what do they call it? The brotherhood? Like when, when, when some of these guys commit, they don't claim that they're committing to Duke University. They claim they're committing to the Duke brotherhood because that, that's how big of a deal it is. They take it very serious and, you know, more power to them, right? That there's a lot of great teams over the years for Duke and – a lot of players individually have had a lot of success. So I don't know if, if Nolan's still kind of, you know, I mean, he, he's a Duke player that won a freaking national championship and he was a hell of a player in college. So um, it would be a surprise to me if, like, he's, you know, on the outs and doesn't have much of a relationship with everybody. But just something to keep in mind because, you know, I know it got back to the Duke staff and they, you know, they, they, they never believed they were going to lose any players. But could you also, like, blame a guy for trying, right? Like, even though Nolan was there and now he's at Louisville, like I wouldn't blame Nolan for trying to get Duke's players to come to Louisville. In fact, that's probably what he should. He probably did try, and it just you know didn't work out. But for those of you asking, I have no clue if Zan Payne's going to start tonight. But we'll see. I kind of feel like people are rooting for him to start, and this is what's sad because like there's probably some that are out there that like if he like they're just waiting for Zan Payne to get legit minutes, and you know clearly make it obvious that he's not good enough to play here at all. And they'll probably then make fun of him, which isn't nice, and you shouldn't do that regardless. But I still think at the end of the day, Kenny putting his son in this situation is unnecessary because it clearly doesn't give you any better chance of winning. You're a worse team when he's on the floor. And it's not to say he's you know the worst player in America, and none of this is personal, but you can't look at Louisville basketball. And I know that there are guys that clearly are loafing on defense just like Zan, but then whenever Kenny says he started him because of defense and that he thought he did a good job, that's when everybody's going to go look and see and realize this guy's not defending anybody. Um, but even those that don't do their part on defense, because that's all of them, by the way. Louisville's really bad defensively. I think we know that. But you can tell. There are a few guys on this team that would play for anybody. Now, would they have a big role? Probably not. But, like, Mike James is a good player. Tyler Johnson is a good player that I think is only going to get better. Young guy makes mistakes, but he's got a lot of upside. Curtis Williams Jr., I mean, in my opinion, the way Curtis Williams Jr. has played as far as the production that he's had in the last three, four games, the fact that Zan Payne played nearly 10, 10, over 10 minutes before he got in the game is just, I mean, you can't make any sense of that. So... You know, those guys aren't great defensively. They need to be held accountable as well. But when it comes to just using your eyeballs and realizing, you know, talent level, Zan is not one of those guys. And it's different if he just gives you the motor and he's a bruiser. He's a guy that's just out there, you know, running around like his head's cut off, setting screens, talking, just being that kind of guy. Because there's a role for those kind of guys. It's not a starting role, but you know what I mean. A guy that is out there to, you know, just give you energy, effort, physicality. 
I mean, Zane Payne looked like he was jogging on the treadmill when he was on the floor the other night. And again, that's not to say he's giving much less effort than anybody else, but like he doesn't have the upside to where he can give bad effort defensively and then maybe go give you 12 to 13 points because he has some ability to score. He doesn't have that. So, you know, I, I hope he doesn't play, not because, you know, I, you know, it's not personal, but I just I know where the conversation's going to shift if he once again plays a lot of minutes tonight because, John, you know this fan base better than you probably ever thought you would because you get to answer the phones, you get to be a part of these postgame shows for football and basketball. And would you at least agree that if he plays a lot of minutes tonight, and I mean anywhere close to the minutes that he's played, that he played against Wake Forest, that is going to be what people want to talk about. Yeah, and it just gives fans more of an opportunity to clown him some more. I mean, is that what, what he's is – he, is he baiting people to start saying things like that? I mean – at this point, it almost seems like he's just trying to have fun. And, and I mean, I don't know how fun it actually is, but like maybe the trolling is real. I mean, what what else? Did, what does he have to lose? He's lost everything That's other true. than the job. Yeah, I mean, like like what are we going to do? Not go to games? What are we going to do? Be upset and say that he shouldn't be our coach? Like that? We're already past that. So maybe you're right. What if but he's just what, trying to give Zan Payne an opportunity to put some stuff on film in case he gets fired, and maybe he can get him in the transfer portal? Dude, he's an eighth year senior, I think. <laughs> I mean, I'm not joking. I'm pretty. You could be right. I'm. I'm pretty sure he. I could be wrong on that. Like as soon as I said it, I felt like maybe I've got it mixed up. But I'm pretty sure Zan Payne has been in college for a while, and him getting an extra year, a second year at Louisville, was him like using the COVID year. Maybe I'm totally off on that. Maybe I completely have it mixed up. But I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, it looks like so. He was. Yeah, he's 24 years old. I mean. Wouldn't that mean that he's been in college at least four years? Well, then he's probably just playing him because, I mean, this is it for him. Yeah, but if if, if that's what you're doing, I mean, again, I don't want to exaggerate because I don't even think if they had, like, something here to use as, like, leverage to fire him or get him to step down, I don't think they would do it. But if, in fact, you realize your team's record is this bad and – everybody's already ready for you to leave, so you're just going to play your son because he happens to be on the team. I mean, that is malpractice. That is something you, sh- you, 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 should, be, you should be, you know, punished for or, or dealt with whatever way they do it. I mean, that's – because here's the thing. There's no scenario he wants to get him on film and get him reps so, like, he can get some NBA attention. Like, and we wouldn't even be having this conversation about how bad of a basketball player he is compared to everybody else at this level if he didn't play these minutes. So there's no reason for it. Therefore, when he does it, like y- you start to wonder. Like I've refused to think he does it to just give the middle finger to the fans. But again, if you are of that belief, I think you're giving a theory that, although it sounds crazy, it would make sense. But I, And I can't give you another theory as to why he would do it. I'm literally spinning my brain round and round trying to think of what would make him truly think playing his son was a good move for anybody involved other than just wanting to do it because he's his kid. And if that's the case, if you're just playing your kid because he's your kid and you've got, you know, a four-star wing on your bench that has been shooting lights out in recent games and he doesn't play until, what, the nine, eight-minute mark and your son's played the whole game until then, like, that's that's malpractice is what it is. Like, people, I think, have thrown that out there and I think maybe some are using it as, like, an exaggeration and, and, and I get it, but that's, I mean... If he knows he has nothing to lose and he's trying to get back at people, I mean, why would he not do it? And I'm not trying to say that he's the kind yeah. of person well, who would. You know, you're right. And, and and here's the thing. Like, you'd never be able to prove it, right? Exactly. Like if, he, if he tells you, no, I've watched my son play and I think he's that good, 
there's no way you could like legally prove that he's doing it for the wrong reason. And maybe he knows that. So maybe he, he's doing what you said. He's just having fun. So anyways, when it comes to Louisville basketball, we will let you guys hear the interview from the three o'clock hour coming up here. Once we get at, once we get uh, back from our first break, it's Jeff Goodman, college basketball analyst. You guys see him on the field of 68. He's covered college hoops for quite some time as well connected as anybody in the sport spent years at ESPN, CBS sports. And it was a good chat just about, First of all, I started asking him about the ranking as to Louisville or Kenny Payne being the worst hire he had in in 24 years, and he shared some thoughts on the reaction to that. And then we just got right into the job, and you know who realistically could 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 be in play here. And uh, I got him to give us a little bit uh, of analysis on you know Dusty May, Jerome Tang. There's another name I feel like he talked about maybe more than others, but we'll let you guys hear it on the other side. And we also. Um, heard Jeff kind of tell us that there's countless things essentially and I'm paraphrasing as far as what led to it getting to be this bad so we'll let you hear that on the other side but real quick um, one thing I wanted to mention on the on the Kentucky side of things when it comes to football I mentioned at the end of the four o'clock hour I was going to take a shot at Kentucky football and I'm sure some people will say that's what it is and I don't believe that's what I'm doing I'm just making an observation that I don't feel like is an observation I'm making because I'm a Louisville fan that, you know, doesn't want to see Kentucky do well. The Liam Cohen stuff, and even Mark Stoops wanting to go to A&M, telling people he's going to A&M until he found out that, you know, it wasn't a done deal and, like, they're not they, – there's going to need to be, like, a formal approval process because the athletic director who's now gone, um, you know, is going to be well aware that everybody else involved, meaning the board, they're not going to sign off on getting Mark Stoops. So – um, I don't know if we'll ever know the full truth. I did see that somebody at KSR had put up that Rosh Bjork, who is now at um, Ohio State, confirmed that Mark Stoops was a candidate. I mean, okay, I mean, I think we knew he was a candidate, but what we'll, ne- what we'll never truly know is was he offered the job and then told that the job offer was not legit yet until, like, the board approves, or did he get offered the job and decide not to go? And I refuse to believe that Mark Stoops turned down Texas A&M to stay at Kentucky, especially whenever they have the thing – that he called your fans out for, right? They pony up quite well. <laughs> and if he feels like he's that good of a coach, if he's at A&M with those resources, why would he not feel like he could shine? I mean, by the way, all coaches feel like they could they could win at a high level, no matter where they go. So Stoops is still there. It did put Kentucky fans in an awkward spot because I think deep down a lot of them know that if he truly knew he had the job, he probably would be gone. But this Liam Cohen stuff's weird, man, because he's back after – one year in the NFL, right? He was there during the Will Levis uh, breakout season, went to go coach for the Rams, and now he's been in Kentucky one season, and he's apparently been in the mix for two to three OC jobs in the NFL. And he hasn't gotten them. They haven't. He has not been offered an OC job in the NFL yet, which would make you think that, okay, well, there was a really, inter- there was a really good opportunity with the Bears or whoever else was looking at him to where he would just say, okay, I'm coming back to Kentucky, and he hasn't done that yet, which makes it seem like all he's waiting on is one of these one of these NFL franchises to make him an offer to be the GM, or to, to be the, to, not the GM, but to be the, the offensive coordinator. And even now, again, there's all, I mean, the, the Bengals just lost their OC to the Titans, who's going to be their head coach now, and the Eagles have an opening, and I'm already seeing NFL uh be considered for the Eagles job so if he does come back doesn't it look like he doesn't want to be there 
And look, it's the NFL, so I get it. Like, I'm, I'm not even saying that like you should be surprised that your coordinator wouldn't want to go to the pros if he can. But if you listen to to Matt Jones, who I do believe is is as connected with anybody as is as connected as anybody with the staff, the belief was that if he comes back and he gets this big contract, meaning Cohen, that he wouldn't be flirting with the NFL and he would be in college and. His actions are, I guess, lack thereof, hey, I'm going to stay at Kentucky. He hadn't said that yet. That makes me think he's just ready to get the hell out of there once again, which tells me that maybe Kentucky football, I mean, did they peak? I mean, I don't think they're going to be terrible under Stoops. He's a, he's a good coach, but, I mean, I think he realizes maybe, you know, they've hit their ceiling. Cohen, I just think, wants to be in the NFL, which that's not. there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, maybe he hustled you a little bit by coming back for a year, getting a lot of money, and then, as soon as the opportunity presents itself, he's going back to the NFL. If, of course, that opportunity presents itself. So, all right, quick break. We'll come back on the other side again, let you hear from, um, from uh, Jeff Goodman, who joined us earlier in the show. All right. I don't know why my voice just faded when I did that. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, welcome back. It's Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's. That's how, does that sound like a more professional radio broadcast voice? Y'all said coffee again. I, I, I knew I knew we were going to this interview from earlier, so I guess I just kind of half-assed it, thinking I didn't need to deliver while I'm on the air. Right? You got to project. You got to say it like you mean it. Say it with some stank on it. If I teach you anything, John, that's what I want you to know, all right? With the stank on it, huh? Say it with some stank on it. So, uh, again, we talked to Jeff Goodman earlier, who uh, is a college basketball insider, got his thoughts on the Lowell basketball situation, among some other things. And for those of you that missed it, uh, here is that interview. Let's now bring in college basketball insider. He is uh, from the field of 68. You know him well. He's covered college hoops for quite some time, Mr. Jeff Goodman. Jeff, how we doing, man? Nick, how are you, man? I'm sorry I've been hard to uh, to pin down to come on, but it's been uh, it's been crazy. It's been uh, it's been a good college hoop season for most. Maybe not in Louisville, but probably uh, in Lexington. And I'm seeing the Cats tonight at South Carolina. That's where I'm driving to right now. Yeah, I want to get to Kentucky in a moment, but yes, things not so great here in Louisville. And I think the last time uh, we had you on was right around the time where it seemed clear that. Kenny Payne was going to kind of be the default the default selection. I mean, the candidates weren't great at the time, and it didn't make sense. Obviously, it's a risk when you hire any coach, especially when you hire a guy who's never been a head coach. But here we are, and uh, he's coached 50 games, and last week you named him the worst coaching hire since 2000. And a lot of folks around here not so surprised uh, to see that he got that honor. I doubt he'd call it that. But, you know, we're we're here. We love college hoops even as bad as he's been. Did you get much reaction? Did you get much pushback? Did people tell you that that was incorrect or it should have been somebody else? Or was it, you know, everybody realizing, yeah, that makes sense? Yeah, it's hard to push back. The only other one that I think people pushed back on was the number two, which was a guy named Greg Heyer who took over at New Mexico State last year. Didn't make it through the season because the program had to be shut down after there were sexual assault allegations with hazing. There was a shooting involving one of their players. So that's really the level right now that Kenny Payne is being compared to. That's how bad it is in Louisville. 
Yeah, and that uh, not that same team because I think nearly everybody who made the trip from New Mexico State to Louisville to play earlier this year, I mean, everyone was not there a year ago. So a brand new group of folks were here and beat Louisville with four players on the floor in overtime. So, again, it, it wasn't Greg Heyer who was involved in that. But there, there, there are endless um, signs that have been right in front of us really since day one that this was a mistake. And I know fans around here, not everyone, but a lot of them are just waiting for it to come to an end. But when you talk to people in the industry – and, 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 you know, you're very well connected in, in this world of college basketball. Has there been one thing that has been mentioned more than others in regards to how this has been such a failure at this point for Kenny Payne? Oh, there's been a lot. I mean, it's, it, you can't pin down one thing. But, you know, I remember even talking to NBA guys when they went through before Kenny Payne ever coached a game. And I would talk to NBA guys uh, and they would say, like, a lot of them, I went to practice, and there was, like, no teaching going on. Like, it just, it was one of those things where they would walk away calling me, being like, I can't believe what I just saw in practice, even. And then, obviously, you saw what happened last year. Then he gets a chance to kind of, he got a mulligan to some degree last year, right? I mean, not a complete mulligan, because um, it was so abysmal. But, okay, Let's see what he can do in year two because you can switch things up quickly with the portal. But Kenny Payne didn't lean into the portal. He fought the portal. And you can't do that these days. And you bring in all these freshmen and what happens? You still stink. You know, you, you just you're not winning with freshmen, you're winning with, with transfers, and you have a chance to make a big jump and you know you need to because ultimately you know you're playing for this year. And if you don't win this year, you're probably going to be fired, even if you are one of their own. And, uh, again, it's just been kind of – and I understand. He didn't inherit the greatest situation. But, again, this isn't 2005. This is the, the era of the portal. This is the era of NIL where you can flip it quickly. Look around. You know, Je Jeff Capel flipped it two years ago with the portal. That's what he did. Brought in a bunch of dudes, had some NIL. And he saved his job and, and, and got an extension because of the portal. So, you know, Kenny Payne just, to me, wasn't ready for this job. He, he should have been hired at a low major. That should have been his first job. But so many people wanted and have wanted, not just with Kenny Payne, but with other alums, right? We've seen it. Patrick Ewing failed. Chris Mullen failed. Jawan Howard is failing. Mike Woodson's going to fail. Like so many of these – now, Kenny was different in that he had been a college guy, okay? So give him that, right? But he had also been recruiting for John Calipari and Nike, okay, which is Oregon. Those are the two – my daughter could recruit top 100 players to those places. Now, Kenny's a great human being, a great guy. But, again, Louisville should not have been his first head coaching job. Jeff Goodman is our guest joining us here on Sports Talk 790. Uh, the, so last time the job was open, it was just terrible timing. I mean, just, you, you, know, you were coming off of the Mac era that didn't work out, and you still had no closure from the NCAA situation. Even when Mac was hired, you didn't have any closure. But do, I mean, how, in, how much interest do you think will be generated from this job, from coaches that people do know and believe are, in fact, you know, respected coaches that, that if they do decide to come to Louisville, there would be instant expectations to get it turned around sooner rather than later. 
I mean, it's going to be hard to get a big-time coach. And part of the problem is these days all these coaches have huge buyouts, most of them. You know, like Nate Oates has a big buyout. T.J. Otzenberger has a big Obviously, we know Mick Cronin has one. Um, a lot of these guys, the high-major guys, are working on huge buyouts. And if you're Louisville, you're already paying a ton of money, right? You're paying money, you know, Mac, and then you're going to have to pay for Kenny Payne and his staff and all this. And are you going to pay a $10-plus-million-dollar buyout for, for a lot of these guys? Um, I'm not sure you are. So that's why guys like Dusty May are so – valuable right now because you're at a mid-major not even i mean fau i'm not even sure i call it a mid-major um and he's dealing with a a buyout that's you know a million dollars or so so you can go get him now again are you hiring dusty may because at the first sign of indiana opening he was he was a manager at indiana for bob knight he's gone he's gone so like is he the right hire Mick Cronin, again, is even the right hire, even if his buyout was $2 million. Um, I would think, yeah, if his buyout was low, but are you paying that type? You know, you're looking at Pat Kelsey at Charleston, right? Like, he's got a low buyout. He, he's, he's movable, certainly, to a place like Louisville. Scott Drew, that's who I would empty the bank for. I would offer Scott Drew $10 million a year if you can do it financially. But I'm not even sure Scott Drew leaves for that because – He's been at Baylor forever. He's got it going at Baylor. Now, do they have great NIL? No. They just opened up a new building a month ago, a new arena that he helped get built there. So I'm not even sure he leaves for $10 million a year unless Baylor comes back and says, hey, you know what? We can't even get in the ballpark. It, other coaches that you know fans mention, and I don't know if there's any real, you know, I I have no, you know, much more about what what interest level would be from coaches out there that are in comfortable situations. But guys like Chris Beard, Jerome Tang, even Eric Musselman, I mean, do you think when you when you we see if you see Louisville fans in your mentions talking about those kind of coaches, let's just say Louisville, the school did have some wiggle room with some money to go pay a buyout that's not Mick Cronin level, but you know several million uh would those coaches really be interested in leaving what is a good situation to come to louisville in your mind well it depends who it is i mean chris beard should be loyal to the guy who just hired him right at, at old miss because nobody else is going to hire him keith carter their ad uh former basketball player did um will he be loyal if if, if louisville came, comes calling and obviously it's a much better job than, than Ole Miss. I actually think Ole Miss fits Chris Beard. I always thought Texas Tech fit Chris Beard much better than Texas did. So, but again, if you're looking at guys like that that have like lower tier jobs in, in power five or six leagues, you, you got to look at it hard if you're a Chris Beard or somebody like that uh, because ultimately you're looking at it of like Ole Miss, can I ever, can I ever really beat Kentucky and, you know, even Alabama and Auburn, you know, Musselman's an interesting one. You know, a, a lot of people are scared of, of Eric Musselman. Not the easiest guy, probably. Uh, you know, he's got through a lot of staff over the years for the most part. Not the easiest guy to work for or work with. I don't know if, if you know, Josh, it depends. It depends what you want. Musk can win. I mean, he's done an unbelievable job in, in Arkansas other than this year. But, again, it depends what you want and what you're willing to to deal with Chris Beard isn't the easiest guy for an athletic director to work for either. So it's just the Scott Drew is Scott Drew is like, I mean, he's the easiest dude ever to do. What about, what about Jerome Tang? 
I mean, high energy. He's only done it for a year. You know, this year they've had some issues off the court. Naquan Tomlin transferred out to Memphis. They've been okay. They're probably not a tournament team in year two, but he does bring a ton of energy. He's obviously learned from that culture um, under Scott Drew. He, he's somebody that would be on my list. I don't think he'd be one, two, or probably even three, but he's also probably more gettable in terms of, again, Kansas State, how do you say no if you're Jerome Tang to Louisville? Be, be awfully hard to say no. All right, before we get to Kentucky, I got one more question. This is not about the the the, uh, the current Louisville situation, but the previous Louisville situation. I'm going to set the, uh, the the line at two and a half, and you tell me over or under the amount of Power Six college basketball programs that'll pick up the phone to see if Chris Mack wants to get back in. Yeah, I mean, listen, there'll be a bunch. I know there already have been some. So you're taking the over. You know, listen. Yeah, I'm taking the over. I mean, Mack can coach. It just didn't work out. I mean, that whole Dino Gaudio thing was a disaster, and that was kind of the, the downfall, right? I mean, ultimately, you don't have that. Chris Mack might still be at Louisville right now and, and getting him to the NCAA tournament. Like, he had one really bad year, and, and a lot of it revolved around the staff and the issues and that situation. Um, so, yeah, Mack will, Mack will be back in. I don't know where. Uh, but there's been plenty of interest on Chris Mack already. All right, that was a good chunk of our interview there with Jeff Goodman from earlier in the show. Let's do this. Let's go ahead and take a quick timeout, and what we're going to end up doing here is we're going to come back with a little more time than we typically have in the final segment, which uh, will give us, you know, a good closing uh, segment. And then, of course, don't forget, we've got the postgame show this evening. As soon as Louisville and Duke wrap it up, we're going to go live right here. So, I mean... If you stayed here until 9 o'clock, you, you might miss the game. But just know, when the game ends, you come right back. Right here on Sports Talk 790. You're listening to Coffee and Company with Nick Coffee on Sports Talk 790. This is usually the uh, the part of the show where I, I figure out what I want to bet on. Um I like Pitt minus two and a half. Uh, I know there's the expected letdown after they beat Duke at Cameron, but they're two and a half point favorites. And I just, I've watched them enough. I feel like they are significantly better than Georgia Tech. Now, trusting Jeff Capel to get what appears to be an obvious win and an obvious cover is a risk I'm willing to take. Um, I'm not going to bet it, but I really think Duke minus 14 and a half is a good play. And and I'm not kidding. I won't bet it because, you know, actually, I might. Why not? It'll feel gross, but Kentucky minus. Five and a half against South Carolina is, I mean, it's the easiest bet of the night. And this isn't like a reverse jinx kind of thing. I'm being, I'm being serious. I mean, they're, they're just a lot better than South Carolina. And, and I don't know what would make people think that uh, they wouldn't. I think Ozmakers Sportsbooks, they must assume that the young Kentucky team is going to just get overwhelmed by a, a road crowd and a road atmosphere, which it's going to be crazy tonight in Columbia. There's no doubt about that. But these guys are different, man. They don't get they, they're they're not normal freshmen, you know. There 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 have been some other classes that had you know that, that were great that Calipari had, that you would see him sort of. And it, it it was normal. These guys, man, they they're they're killers. <laughs> I mean, on the road at A and M, Dillingham, three triples in a row to keep him in the game in a hostile environment. Um, you know, against a veteran Carolina team, one of the best teams in the country. Who was making big plays late, 
to win a good to win a, a, a important neutral site game for seeding. Kentucky's freshman guards were not R.J. Davis, you know, not Armando Baycott missing free throws at the end. So, you know, I don't want to act like they're 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 a lock to win the national championship, but they're a lot better than South Carolina, and I don't think that they have shown that they will be a a, a young team that'll get totally overwhelmed by a hostile road environment. So, I think that's a that's a big one. Uh, John, you say you like Oklahoma minus four and a half against Texas? Yes, at home. I like it too. I've like also got um, Ball State minus one and a half against Buffalo on the road. Buffalo, I believe, only has two or three wins on the season. And I know Ball State's you're, you're, pretty you're th- cold right now. You're throwing this in a parlay, aren't you? I am. Look, you do you. Don't ever let me influence you. So on my last gonna, leg, say a word. I've got Creighton minus eight and a half against Xavier. At, at home. home. Yeah, I like that one. You know, you never know what you're going to get from Xavier, but I would say, you know, if I was forced to, to pick on that one, I, I would go with you. Um yeah, the Ball State one, man, you could get it, but like to, for that would be a killer if that's the one that 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 didn't let your parlay hit, wouldn't it? Because you've not watched those teams play, right? I'm familiar with their head coach, Michael Lewis, who used to be UCLA's assistant, and he's also an Indiana alum, which maybe uh, gives oh, so me it, a it all to, comes back to the Hoosiers. Baby. It does. <laughs> I don't think that's why. I mean, I, I'm no, fully look, aware that Buffalo is one of the worst teams in the country. Yes, and, and and Ball State is nothing to really write home about, but at the same time, are oh, they they at home? They're at Buffalo today. Okay. But it's it's the Mac. I mean, what kind of home crowd are you gonna get at Buffalo with two or three wins? Well, in Buffalo, for those who don't realize, Buffalo's where Nate Oates came from, and they 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 had some success after. Where did their coach go? Is he still there? Because the coach after Nate Oates kept them relevant to an extent. And Buffalo, you go look at any nor, any formula out there, the net ranking, the Ken Palm, they're like towards the worst in the country. They're like in the three twenties or something. So, yeah. If anything, there's probably people betting that just to fade Buffalo because of you know how bad they are. Real quickly, I want to say this before we wrap it up and and run out of time. It never fails. I I didn't I didn't check the text line a whole lot in this five o'clock hour just because I knew we were going to be playing um you know that interview and and sometimes the text line and it's great it it distracts me a little bit and I try not to get caught up in it but uh, we always appreciate those who do text in and I hope that you continue to do that but. Earlier when we had Jeff Goodman on in the 3 o'clock hour, and then, of course, we just replayed it for you. That was not live if you jumped in during the interview. But he mentioned Pat Kelsey, who's the coach at Charleston, was previously at uh, Winthrop, I believe. And he mentioned Dusty May. Dusty May is going to be mentioned by other fans, although I've laid out that I think if you're going to make a change, don't go hire Dusty May because, you 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 know, I just don't think there's enough there to where – like if we end up to a point where that's the best you can do – you know, I'm not going to say that it won't work out. I'll embrace it if that's the situation, but I don't think that's the best you can do. But Pat Kelsey's mentioned because, you know, he's Jeff's boy. Like, they're they're literally friends, and, and if anything, Jeff's going to be consistent about that. And this is the second time around where he's told Louisville to offer Scott Drew $10 million while also telling us that he knows he wouldn't take the job. So why would they do that? So why would we take your advice when you're telling us that you know he wouldn't take the job? So... There were people on the text line like, oh, my God, if we end up getting Pat Kelsey, which I think Pat Kelsey is a good coach. I don't think he's the guy that you would hire to turn this around. But anyways, I don't think we have to worry about Pat Kelsey being a candidate. But join us tonight around 9 o'clock. We'll go live right here in the Louisville Basketball Postgame Show on Sports Talk 790. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.